Good morning, everyone. It is so good to be here with you this morning. Can I welcome those that are joining us online and that are visiting with us? If you're a visitor online, good morning and welcome. If you are online because you are not able to join us in church because you are unwell or your circumstances, we just pray and hope in this moment that you feel very blessed. And it is good to be with you. It feels like we haven't left this place since Friday. Okay, so it's like, I can't even say morning to those of you that feel like you've slept here. Charlie has been promising me that there is actually a hay bed um, that, we, that we can sleep on out at the patch. So for those of you that have spent many, many hours here over the last couple of days, thank you so much for your incredible time and commitment as we come to the end of our stewardship journey. And today is a day of celebration. So good morning and welcome. And that's really how we enter. Isn't it true, Michael? Who's sitting in the purple over there? Isn't it true that God says to us, we, we need to come into the Lord's place with, with thanksgiving and praise in our hearts? And so that's really what we do this morning. We give God a moment of real celebration as we come to worship. So won't you join me as we prepare ourselves for our call to worship? With our whole heart, with our soul, with our mind and our strength, let us draw near to the throne of grace with our praise and petitions to the Lord as we pray together for our world. And let us stand together. Sorry. And let's start again. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay. And together we say, we come to worship a generous and loving God. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. We will praise the Lord as long as we have breath. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Our hope is in our Lord and God. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. We give thanks for the gift of all of God's creation. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. We give thanks for God's help in times of need. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. We give thanks for God's mercy in times of trouble. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. We know that God will be with us always. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. Thank you. Let's remain standing in worship. Psalms 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And so we're here this morning to give him praise, to give him honor, to give him glory because he deserves all the praise. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. So the song we're going to do is reminding us of, of who we are.
how many of us can say, Spirit, break out, break down these walls. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, for allowing us to be here one more day.
Holy Spirit, our Holy Spirit. We crave your Holy Spirit right now, God. Because you are worthy, God. You are worthy. Come down in this place, Lord. Fill it. Bring us a revival, God. Cause your people to cry out to you. Because we need thee every hour, every minute. We need thee. to begin this time of prayer and I'm going to ask in the initial part of this you have a role 
So you'll know when it is. I'll help you along. But let's begin with a um, prayer of assurance, a call to confession. That's what we're going to begin with. Together we confess that a generous spirit does not always accompany our acts of giving. In our confession. God, forgive us our efforts to love you with heart, soul, mind, and strength often fall short. Our lack of trust in you hinders our ability to give ourselves completely to you. We stubbornly deny that you know what is best for us. Our mindset of meagerness keeps us from loving our neighbors and ourselves. Amen. And our assurance of pardon. God's love shown to us through Jesus is greater than our shortcomings. The blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purifies our conscience from dead works to worship the living God. Generous God, hear our prayer. And if you'll bow your heads with me. Loving God, giver of all that is, we pray today for grace. We pray for grace and strength to live as those accountable before God, saying, Lord, in your mercy, make us faithful stewards of all your goodness. We pray for the leaders of nations for honesty, integrity, justice and compassion in national and international politics. We pray for peace and unity in our world. Father God, in your mercy, make us faithful stewards of your goodness. We pray for the church. In all the world, may all you have called to leadership have renewed passion for the gospel, eagerness for the health of the church and accountability in all their ways, that they may reflect the glory of Christ. Father, in your mercy, make us faithful stewards of your goodness. Holy Spirit, grant that we might be generous in the meeting of the needs of others. Through our caring, the gift of our time, the wisdom of our words, and our quiet listening in practical ways, for in this way we give glory to you. We pray for those that are known to us who are suffering, those who may be suffering in mind, body, or spirit. We remember those who grieve the loss of loved ones, and we remember in our prayers our brothers and sisters recovering from disasters, those in the midst of war and destruction around them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. While we long for you and pray for you because of the grace that has been given, hear us today, O Lord. You have revealed yourself as the source of all goodness and grace. Grant us grateful and generous hearts and all things. Especially, Father, we pray that you will open our hearts and minds to recognize the gifts that the poor and the sorrowing, the frail can bring to us as they pray for us and with us and beside us. Bless us, dear Lord, and challenge us. 
Merciful Father, as we come to you and kneel at your feet, we pray that you will accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, gathering our prayers and praises into one and praying together with one voice as Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen amen. Thank you so much. And welcome back to Pastor Peyton. She had a couple of days break and spent some time with her family. Isn't that always the best? Um, one of the things that we've seen out in the patch is how many families have gotten together to come and have photographs. I met the man who got engaged nine years ago, um, hit a ring in the pumpkin, and returned with his four children and his wife. <laughs> so that was really special. So it's always good. Friends, we come now to receive the offering and our invitation to the offering. God calls us to love with our hearts, minds, and souls, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Our offerings are a symbol of our commitment to one another and of our contributions to our congregation's witness in our neighborhood, in our region, and in our world. And we thank God for the gift of generosity amongst us. Let us pray as we receive the offering. Together we say, Gracious and loving God, as a community of faith, we share these gifts. We pray that you will bless them and bless us as we are the hands of Christ that build your kingdom. We pray that they will bring honor and glory to you as we work together in love. We pray that they will bring comfort and blessing to the needy and oppressed. And we pray that they will be a light to guide all to a closer relationship with you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Friends, we come to the scripture reading now as we read from 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We read 24 verses. Let us pray. Lord God, as we come to your word, we pray that it would speak truth to our hearts, our minds, and our souls. We thank you, Lord, that your word never returns void. And speak to us now. Amen. And so we read from the scriptures, brothers and sisters, we want to let you know about the grace of God that was given to the churches of Macedonia while they were being tested by many problems. Their extra amount of happiness and their extreme poverty resulted in a surplus of rich generosity. I assure you that they gave what they could afford, and even more than they could afford, and they did it voluntarily. They urgently begged us for the privilege of sharing in the service for the saints. They even exceeded our expectations because they gave themselves to the Lord first and to us, consistent with God's will. As a result, we challenged Titus to finish this work of grace with you the way he had started it. Be the best in his work of grace, in the same way that you are the best in everything, such as faith, speech, knowledge, and total commitment, and the love we inspired in you. I'm not giving an order, but by mentioning the commitment of others, I'm trying to prove the authenticity of your love also. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Although he was rich, he became poor for our sake, so that he could become rich through his poverty. I'm giving you my opinion about this. It's to your advantage to do this. Since you not only started to do it last year, but you wanted to do it too. Now finish the job as well so that you can finish it with as much enthusiasm as you started, given what you can afford. A gift is appreciated because of what a person can afford, not because of what the person can't afford, if it is apparent that it's done willingly. If it isn't that we want others to have financial ease and you financial difficulties, but it is a matter of equality. At the present moment, your surplus can fill their deficit so that in the future, their surplus can fill your deficit. In this way, there is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered more didn't have, much, didn't have too much, and the one who gathered less didn't have too, much, too little. But thank God who put the same commitment that I have for you in Titus's heart. Not only has he accepted our challenge, but he is on his way to see you voluntarily, and he's excited. We are sending the brother who is famous in all the churches because of his work for the gospel along with you. In addition to this, he is chosen by the churches to be our traveling companion in the work of grace, which we are taking care of for the sake of the glory of the Lord himself and to show our desire to help. We are trying to avoid being blamed by anyone for the way we take care of this large amount of money. 
we care about doing the right thing, not only in the Lord's eyes, but also in the eyes of other people. We are sending our brother with them. We have tested his commitment in many ways and in many times. Now he's even more committed because he has so much confidence in you. If there is any question about this, Titus, here's my partner and my co-worker among you. If there is any question about our brothers, they are the church's apostles and an honor to Christ. So show them the proof of your love and the reason we are so proud of you in such a way that the churches can see it. Thanks be to God for his word. Does that feel like the minutes of an, of an AGM? <laughs> Friends, today we, we come to the moment of celebrating our commitments to one another and to speak about giving. And I'd like to say three things this morning. Let me check in the room if there's somebody visiting us for the first time. I always like to do that when we talk about money. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of, this is the day you chose, and we're really excited that you chose to visit us today. Um, and it's like, you know, we just want to clear for you that we don't talk about money every week. I just need to clear that up with the person that's visiting us, because that sometimes is often the case. So is it John? We don't do this every week, but we do take an offering, John. So, <laughs> and it's good. Okay, and it's good to have you with us. So, a couple of things that I want to speak about this morning when it comes to giving. First of all, is giving really calls us to have a look at our context and to choose rich generosity. So we have a look at this particular passage, and Paul is speaking to the church in the Macedonian region. And he's speaking at a time when Claudius was the emperor. And we mustn't forget the, the circumstances in which the church was experiencing life. Because sometimes we, you know, with all due respect, life and the way we live life relates directly to the way we experience faith and where our faith is. And so often when we read scripture, we don't spend enough time reflecting on well, what was going on for the people that were initially receiving this letter. They were in a place of famine. They had extreme, extreme poverty among them. The, the Christian church was being desperately attacked from within and without. They, people were not sure of what they believed. There were political oppressions of the day. There were financial difficulties. There was a lack of food and resources and famine. And in many respects, we can identify with all of those. The church is experiencing many challenges at the moment. There are political uncertainties. There are parts of our world and even of this country where there is desperate poverty. And so we speak into contexts that are not dissimilar to our own. And so Paul begins to speak to a church and celebrates their generosity amongst times of incredible testing. And so whenever we come to the moments of giving, we are really called by God to examine ourselves. As a church, we have gone through a season globally of extreme testing. During the COVID pandemic, the church globally has been through incredible challenges and difficulties. This is something 
that we must not be afraid of, but something that God will use for the kingdom's sake. We either believe that as people of faith or we are defeated by that. And whenever we read the scripture, it says that the gates of hell never prevail against the church. For we are a people of faith. We also realize often that finances are the temperature of our spirituality. When I heard that preached when I was in seminary, I wondered what that was all about. 25 years in ministry, I know what that is all about. I, I, I bring you greetings from our church in South Africa that at times the church is really pressed. I've said enough with the finance committee in this church to discover that that is the same story here, that we are pressed financially. But I think that there is something in the financial pressing that calls us out of our own dependence to the dependency of God. And so our commitment to giving is really about examining for this generation, for these people, for this season, God, you have called us to be a church. And we pray that the temperature of our church would be one of rich generosity. What does rich generosity look like? Does rich generosity speak about bank balances that have nine zeros behind them? or six zeros behind them, or is a rich generosity the spirit that exists in the people that worship? And I believe that a rich generosity is the spirit that exists in the people. So if you've spent any time here over the last month during our stewardship month, you would have done a couple of things. You would have landed in the patch at some point, okay? And you would have met Charlie who insists that my shift begins at five and finishes at eight every evening. And, e and every evening I think that I'm going to say to him, well, I might not be here tomorrow night. And he says, I'll see you tomorrow night. I have, I mean, I've been doing a little bit of time with Gretchen and Mark, and I feel like he's got a whip that he, you know, so I, I daren't say no to him. But the thing that you discover about Charlie as he leads, as he's on the patch for 31 days, other than a spell of COVID, is that he begins early in the morning and he is the last to leave. He displays rich generosity. He doesn't even, he's not even part of our community and yet he's at the center of our community because he embodies the very essence of our community. And so he, he speaks and he lives a rich generosity. So, so rich generosity is really what's in the heart of people. We experience rich generosity when we near people that are generous. And, and we have seen over the last couple of weeks a generosity that is spilt in this place. Yesterday, I had the famous privilege of watching Lucy make her cinnamon rolls. Like... So apart from like watching the dough, watching the folding, I actually had, um, Dawn, I don't think you know this, but your little granddaughter, Chloe, came into the kitchen about three or four times, <laughs> making sure that we were going to allow her to test these spectacular cinnamon rolls when they came. She kept on wanting to make sure they came out of the oven. So Lucy, it was a privilege watching you 
deal with the dough, roll out the dough, generously, let me tell you, generously putting in those toppings, rolling it and cooking it. And then let me tell you, I wish I can say I only ate one. <laughs> but in the midst of watching Lucy and little Chloe come in, there was a display of rich generosity. You are either generous or not. I mean, it's that simple. We are either generous or we are mean. We are either generous or we live from a place of scarcity. Now, what I find interesting about this particular passage is that it's not about, it's not, this is not a, a preaching on giving to the church, because ultimately today is about giving financially to the church. It is not giving so that we can get money out of you that makes you feel guilty, because that's really not what this passage does. This passage speaks very clearly to the equality of our giving, to the attitude of our giving. But it does speak very clearly about giving financially to the kingdom of God. And so it says that we, do not, we, we cannot rely on one sector of the church giving so much so that they actually become depleted financially. It says that very clearly. So if, if, if we have to rely on a few people giving, they will become depleted. So it's not about equal amounts, but it is about equal generosity. And so we give what every one of us are called to give. And so we give from a place where it feels generous to God. Giving generously is not about a, a teaching of finances that really is supposed to evoke in us guilt. Now you've all heard preached the, the sermon about if you bought a coffee latte from one of the latte places, you'll pay about $5, I reckon. And if you add those $5 over seven days or five days, and then you add those over a month, and, then, and if you add those over a year, you know, some people say you'll get about $1,000 a year, okay? maybe, give or take, you know, do you give more or less to God? Okay, that's, you've heard those sermons preached. But ultimately, really, what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to measure our giving before God. You and I are supposed to measure what we give to God. It is between you and God. It is about living with a generous spirit. And it is about choosing to give in a way that everyone around us is, is brought into the celebration of what we give. Generous living means that people who do not have get to be blessed. We are really called, when the church is ultimately the presence of Christ, it is a place of generosity and not a space of scarcity. Because ultimately, if we are called to be generous with ourselves and with others, it really speaks about the way we understand grace. So when we come to giving, our giving is supposed to ignite the work of grace in our lives. Let me speak about that for a few moments. Our giving really and the way we give speaks about the way we understand who God is. During our stewardship campaign, we've, we've led some invitation to prayer. 
Now, in terms of our prayer journey, we've had a, a season of dynamic dynamite prayer. And if you've been part of that, many of you have placed prayers before God. And ultimately, that prayer journey is about God being in control. Glory has been able to order us a beautiful prayer journal. And what we are going to be doing as a church is we're going to be having that prayer journal, the prayers of God's people, staying right here near the altar. Allowing us to write our prayers together and then celebrate what God has done together. Part of what our campaign was called during stewardship is this is who we are. When we speak about money, it speaks about our collective giving. And so are we a people, not just of generosity, but are we a people of grace? Because stewardship is really about grace. Stewardship really helps us understand whether or not we believe the earth and all that is in the earth belongs to the Lord or not. It's really about who is in control. If I invited you all to bring your bank balances up and to show one another, I think that we'd probably empty the church in about 35 <laughs> seconds. You know, it's, it's a strange thing. But ultimately, there, there, there is a moment where part of our discipline and our being together is stewarding what God has given us. And you and I make an accountable prayer before God. As part of the discipline of the Methodist churches, we, we have a long tradition. You know, I've been, I must be honest, in my preparation for today, I've, I've reflected quite a bit on my journey in South Africa because it's strange how at times the church is exactly the same. It is no different on the continent of Africa to the continent that we live on right now. Our stewardship is the same. We are all called to give. And so as we give, we are reminded, and John Wesley helped us with this. John Wesley said something quite phenomenal. He said, we are called to earn as much as we can. We are called to save as much as we can. And then we are called to give as much as we can. From 1731 to 1791, John Wesley lived on 28 pounds a month. His salary started at 30 pounds and ended at 1,400 pounds, but he still lived on 28 pounds. And so he lived a life of discipleship and discipline. And we see that at the heart of his spiritual revival is stewardship. Stewardship and stewarding our gifts, our time, our talent, and our treasure is at the heart of revival. Michael prayed for that today, that God would bring about revival in the church. And giving is at the heart of revival. And so we are called, as the people of God, to examine our giving, to come before God, to earn as much as we can, to save as much as we can, and to give as much as we can. The truth is the discipline of Christians is really to a simplified living 
so others can simply live. We are called into a relationship with one another. The one place that we all exist together is in the balance sheet of this church. It's the one place that we really found our accountable relationships with each other. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to share with you the full budget for 2023. We'll be able to give you an indication of what the pledge giving has been in the life of this church. And we'll be able to discern together what we believe God is calling us to be in the future. Let me tell you, one of the most uncomfortable subjects to discuss is money. But it is the subject that we are called as the people of God to hold accountable to one another. And so part of our journey is really a journey of commitment. Over the last couple of weeks, we have been sending communication to you about your commitment and your pledge to the life of this church. And it is a truly an incredible gift to see the faithful giving that has been given in the life of this church. And over the next three Sundays, we will have, and some of you have already handed your pledge cards in, we will have a pledge card available, it's really simple, for you to fill in and be able to return it for us so that we can discern together how it is that we are to be as a church in the next year. But ultimately, we do that because we are a people that chooses grace first. We're a people that holds our giving commitment together. And finally, we are called to give so that abundance can be released among us. Either we believe or we don't believe that God will meet our needs. It's the one place that we, that, that we are called by Scripture to test God in. We either choose to believe that God will supply all our needs or God won't. God really calls you and I to imitate the gift of Christ by giving of our time, our talents, and our treasure. We know that Jesus gave his life for you and for me. And he calls us to give of ourselves to one another and to this world. Some of it is in our incredible talents. In a little while, we're going to walk out of the church and you are going to see talented gifts all over. I, it, is, it was magnificent yesterday just being part of the crafts show. You, you, you have seen commitments that people have made to, to share their time and offer their ministry. Over the last couple of weeks, we've had a ministry exhibition. And we give our time, we give our talents, but we also give our treasure. And giving our treasure is really between you and God. And so I'm going to invite you now into a prayer with me as, as we really discern together what it is that God is calling you to give in the extension of his kingdom. Let us pray together. Lord God, we recognize that from generation to generation, you have called the church 
to places of generosity and accountability. We recognize, Lord God, that as the church, we are the people of God gathered together. But as New Horizon, we have a budget and we have a ministry before you. And as the collective people, together, each one of the gifts that is received in the offering plate online is used for the kingdom of heaven on earth. We do not take that lightly, Lord. We recognize now that for more than 40 years, there have been people that have generously given so that the kingdom of God can become a shining light to the nations in this place. We pray for ourselves now. Those of us that are discerning what to give, those of us that have already decided what to give, those of us here in the sanctuary and those of us online. We pray, God, that in our journey of giving, that you would convict us what to give. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, in terms of, of um, how I will invite you to come and bring your commitment, many of you have already decided what you are going to pledge in the life of this church. And we invite you to come and to hand in your pledges. If you are not sure about what you are wanting to give in the life of the church, we invite you to a week of prayer. Over the next three Sundays, we will have an opportunity to receive the pledges. Maybe you need some time to, to talk to your partner. Maybe you need some time to think and pray. I have a couple of copies of the pledge form here in front of me. There is an available pledge form that you can download online and through our website, and you'll be able to get hold of Carolyn in the office if you want more information. We do have our leaders amongst us. The head of our, our council is Cindy Wadsworth, and the head of our SBRC is Karen. Now, Karen is away this week. She's on vacation. You can also speak to Ken and Glory um, if you want more information or if you just want to sit down with someone. I think giving is something that we cannot be guilted into, but it is something that we are convicted into. And so... We hand this over to God, and may the provision that God brings us be used for the extension of his kingdom. So let us stand for a time of worship.
with one another. We have crafts for you. We have a patch for you to buy a pumpkin before you leave because we have a few to sell. And we really get to celebrate with one another. And so let us um, receive the blessing and the benediction. God, now into God's go now into God's world, ready and willing to be loving, trusting, and generous people. Go with the assurance that God's spirit is within you making it evident that you are a child of God who cares for all of God's children and desires to bring them to Christ. Amen. Friends, we will see you out in the foyer. If you are wanting to offer your pledge, we do have them here in the front.